Welcome to the Calvary Assembly podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. Thank you for that. Well, we've been doing a message series called Fragile, not for Geely. Fragile. And we've just been talking about relationships. How many know relationships can get a little complicated over the holidays? Uh, family, like we've, we've said, we love our family more than anyone in the world, but they can also hurt us more than anyone else in the world. And so we've been talking about dealing with relationships because relationships are fragile. And so the first we talked about loving people who try to control us uh, because sometimes we have family members, sometimes we have friends that really like to kind of run our lives for us, right? They don't think we're doing a good enough job or that they, they could do a better job. Uh, and sometimes we need that. Uh, The second week we talked about forgiving those who have hurt us. Because how many know you're going to get hurt by your family? How many know you're going to get hurt by your friends at some point, right? Just like Jesus was betrayed, we will be betrayed. So we talked about forgiveness. So if you missed any of those, you can watch those online or you can listen to them in the podcast. Today we're going to talk about loving people who are needy. How many of you know someone in your life who is needy? If you don't raise your hand, that may be you. Uh, but <laughs> we never know. But some of us are just need more attention than others. Many of us have people, whether they're family members, whether they're people we know in the community, but they're always asking for something. They always need something from you. Whether it's money, whether it's extra time, whether it's a listening ear. Uh, we know those people who who are just always asking for something. And how do we navigate that? How do we do that? Because how many of you know that sometimes the best thing you can do is tell them no? Sometimes the best thing you can do is let them learn. So we're going to talk about that. How do we know that? How do we get that time? Now, how many of you ever got tough love from people in your family? Uh, some of you know my, uh, my grandma passed away this morning, and uh, she was the queen of tough love. And so I was thinking about some stories we were kind of talking this morning. And I remember one time my cousin and I rode our bikes through her flower bed. And she found out. Now, most people would just say, well, go, you know, do something and repent. So my grandma said, you're going to weed the flower bed. But she didn't just send us out to weed the flower bed. She stood there the entire time and pointed out each weed that we were going to pick. Like a drill sergeant. We never did that again. I blame my cousin. I think it was his idea, not mine, of course. But, you know, she was good at that tough love. And, and sometimes, guys, we need that tough love, but sometimes we have to give that tough love. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. We're going to look in verse 1. So what we're going to do today is we're going to try to figure out how do we navigate giving them what they want and sometimes giving people what they need. And how do we find that balance? So in Acts, remember the church had just started. The day of Pentecost came, the Holy Spirit came down on the believers, and what we know is the church was kind of started that day. But the disciples were still following some Jewish customs by going to the temple at prayer time. In Acts chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, 
so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Now, what would be the easy thing to do in this situation? Give them a little money, right? Give them a quarter, give them a dollar, give them something because that would make you feel good. But would it really help the man? Temporarily, maybe. But they wanted to give him what he needed, not just what he wanted. So Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at him eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. As he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then, walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was a lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. So Peter and John gave this guy what he needed, not necessarily what he wanted. He didn't know that he wanted, right? And guys, each and every one of us have people in our lives that we help. Sometimes we give them money. Sometimes we bail them out over and over again. Sometimes we come to the rescue. And guys, I want to tell you, sometimes I think when we rescue people in the short term, we hurt them in the long term. When we constantly help them out of situations every time, we negate that learning that comes from hardship. Now, I'm not saying don't help people. Guys, our church, you guys, we help people all the time. We get, Cindy can tell you, we get calls all the time. People wanting a hotel room. People wanting gas money. We have people that every year, they get two helps a year through the Ministerial Association. Usually our church will try to help a few times. Every year when that time comes up, guess what they're doing? They're calling again. Hey, I need help with rent again. Didn't you just do this? Yes. And so what we've done through the Ministerial Association is we make them take a budgeting class. After so many times, they say, okay, after we help you one time, you're going to fill out a budget. We're going to help you learn. Is that fun? No. And some of them won't come back. They say, you don't get help again until you turn in the budget. And then we also offer Financial Peace University for them. Is that easy? Absolutely not. Is it painful? Yeah. (laughs) Do they need it? Yes, we all do, right? So we're going to talk today about how do we navigate helping those who are needed. Well, the first thing we do is we give strategically. That means we have a plan. And to do that, the first thing we have to do, guys, we have to keep emotional giving in check. What does that mean, keep emotional giving in check? Well, guys, it's easy to give to somebody who's in need because it makes us feel what? Good. It makes us feel wanted. It makes us feel needed. You know, when you see the guy sitting at Walmart asking for money, it's easy to give him a dollar because then we say, oh, I feel good, you know. It's harder to go buy the McDonald's and bring it over to him, right? It's harder to buy them some soup, or it's harder to go help them. And so, guys, when that family member or that friend comes back, hey, I need some money again, I need this again, it's easy to to give that because it makes us feel good. But here's what's bad about this, guys. If we do this over and over and over again, what does it do? What does it do? It creates a pattern. It creates a pattern of helping them out every time they're in need, and it doesn't help them in the long term. Sometimes what we have to do is take them in. Let me help you get through this. Let me help you figure this out. We have, to, we have to keep waking the kid up so that they're not late to work, right? When we have to keep giving them gas money so they can make it to school. When we have to do this, you know, we had 
we had this rule in our family, like, we'll wake you up until a certain age, and after that, I expect you to set an alarm clock and get up. I will yell at you so many times, after that, I'm done. All right, and if you're late to school, you're late to school, and you deal with the consequences. And it takes a few times, and then, you know, the school calls, hey, your kid was late again. Yep, they're going to get detention. Please do, <laughs> right? And then they lose video games at home, too, right? I mean, it's that kind of thing. We have to do that. We shouldn't have to call that employee every time and say, hey, remember, you work tonight. Because what are we doing? We're creating a habit. We're creating a way for them to be dependent. And so we have to decide, guys, are we helping them for their sake or are we helping them to ease our conscience? We have to keep that emotional giving in check. And then we have to give people what they need and not necessarily what people want. We have people call the church, hey, you know, I got evicted from my house. Can you give me a hotel room? Well, I can get you two nights at the hotel, but what are you going to do after that? Well, I'll figure it out. Well, instead of a hotel room, why don't I get you a bus ticket to a homeless shelter where you can stay for a month, and they can help you get a job. No, 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 I just want a hotel room. <laughs> it's 20 degrees outside. You're going to freeze after two days. Well, we'll figure it out, right? And so sometimes, guys, we have to help people with what they need, not necessarily what they want. Peter and John could have easily given the beggar some money, but it wouldn't have helped him in the long term. And I've always wondered, like, did God tell them he was going to heal them, or did they just step out in faith? Because it said when they grabbed his hand and picked him up, then he got healed. I don't know. But, guys, we want to pray about what we can do to help somebody. We want to pray about it and have a strategy and not necessarily just bail them out. Now, bail them out once or twice, absolutely. But a lot of times, guys, we, we feel bad. Well, where else are they going to go if I don't help them? Well, what are they going to do next time if I don't help them? Well, what if, and guys, sometimes we take on things that we're not meant to take on. We carry weights we're not meant to because of their decisions. Well, but, but if I don't let them sleep on the couch for another month, then they're not going to have anywhere to go. Exactly. <laughs> sometimes you have to help them. We're getting a new homeless shelter here in town, and, and we've been talking with the guy that's running it, and he said they're very strict. They said they have apartments, and they can have a month, but when they get in there, after that first week, they have to have a job. They have to go out and find work. They have to show them that they went and took applications in. And then they have to work on a budget. Well, how much am I going to spend? How much am I going to do this? And he said they have this process. And some people just say, you know what, I'm out. I just wanted a place to sleep. Like, <laughs> see ya. We want to help you. We want to help you get established. They will help them find an apartment. They will help them, you know, because they said we want to give them what they need, not necessarily what they want. And then we need to be led by the Holy Spirit when considering how to help. Again, guys, please listen. It doesn't mean that we're not going to help someone. It means that we want to help them the best that we can. We want to give them the best chance at making it. Right? This doesn't mean we refuse to feed a hungry person. It means we ask God for help on how to do it. Now, how many of you know it takes more sacrifice and more time to really help someone than it does to give them a handout? It's messy when we get involved in people's lives. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes a whole lot of energy, more than just giving them 10 bucks. And you know, guys, sometimes, and, and please don't think I'm a monster. <laughs> Some of you already do. You're like, wow, how can you say no? But guys, sometimes the best thing we can do is let them suffer consequences. Sometimes the best way to help someone is to allow the principle of sowing and reaping to come into effect. And how do I know that? Well, Jesus did the exact same thing. Paul did the exact same thing. Listen to this in Mark chapter 10. Verse 17, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him and knelt down 
and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man said, I've obeyed all these commands since I was young. Looking at the man, genuine felt, Jesus felt genuine love for the guy. There's still one thing you haven't done. He said, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. Then you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. What did Jesus let this guy do? He let him walk away. Jesus could have chased him down and said, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Let me explain. Let me help you. No, Jesus said, well, you go figure that out, and when you're ready, come back. Guys, sometimes we have to let them walk away. Sometimes we have to walk away, and that's hard. That's incredibly hard. But they have to learn in 1 Timothy chapter 1, Verse 19, Paul says, Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Himenaeus and Alexander are two examples. Listen to what he said. I threw them out and handed them over to Satan so they may learn not to blaspheme God. Paul said, I put these guys out of the church fellowship for a while so they could what? Learn a lesson. Now, I'm not saying... You're out. You know, I'm not, I'm not doing that. But guys, sometimes we have to allow people to feel consequences so they will learn. Because if I bail them out, if you bail them out every single time, they're not learning. They're not learning a lesson. One of the hardest things Amy and I have ever had to do in ministry, we had a young lady that was in our youth group, and I love this girl like a daughter. We got her when she was like a brand new middle schooler, and she came up through our youth group. She was in high school. And she started making some bad choices. And we had to, we had to talk to her about it. Hey, you, you can't be doing this. You can't be doing this. And we had a system in place. You know, first time a leader comes to sit with you. Second time you go sit with the leader in the back. Third time you're out of youth for a week so you can learn. And then if it's a big deal, you're out for a month. And this girl would come and she would, her parents would drop her off at the church. And then she would leave. And we knew what she was doing. She was going down the street to buy drugs. And then she was coming back and sneaking in the back door. And so we confronted her. We said, hey, I love you so much, but you cannot do this. If you do this again, you're out because you're, you're harming the group. You're bringing things in that could really hurt people. And she did it again. We had to go to sit down and talk to her mom and say she cannot come back for a month. And you know what? The girl never came back to church. And this was the only time. She wasn't a church kid. We had loved this girl. And I would see her around the community. She would come up and give me a hug and, and say she loved us. But we had to had to get her out of there because she was hurting everyone else. And she learned a lesson. And she learned. And she said, I know you only did that. She caught me one day at work. I, I worked at a movie store on the side. She said, I know. I said, you know why I had to do that, right? She said, yeah, I do. I've learned. But it was hard. I wanted to coddle her. I wanted to keep saying, no, 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 it's okay. Hand me the weed and I'll get rid of it, you know. But I couldn't. It was rough. It was one of the hardest things you ever do. And people, guys, they will use... As we talked about a couple weeks ago, when we do these kind of things, when we let them feel consequences, you know what they're going to do? I thought you loved me. If you really loved me, you would give me more money. If you really loved me, you would pay my rent again this month. If you really loved me, you wouldn't let my car get repossessed. And we say, no, I love you enough to do that. I'm going to still be here for you, but I'm not going to bail you out again. So then we have to serve wisely. We have to serve wisely. 
Jesus gave himself all the time, but guys, listen to this. He also took time to unplug. Jesus gave over and over and over. But we see time and time again in scriptures, Jesus would go off on his own to do what? To pray, to be alone with the Father. Jesus understood that he could only give out so much, and he had to take time to unplug, just like we do. In Mark 135, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Listen to this. Simon and his companions went to look for him. When they found him, they said, Everyone is looking for you. <laughs> you ever feel like that? You ever try to disappear? But everybody needs you. Yeah, but I've got to have some time. <laughs> I know when our kids are little, sometimes we say, Okay, Sunday afternoon, you're going to go to your room and lay down. But I'm not tired. You're going to lay down. <laughs> like... <laughs> Mom and dad need some quiet, right? You need to rest. But I'm not, but you are. You know, one of those things. We have to have time to be poured back into. Guys, you cannot keep pouring from an empty vessel. If you keep giving and you keep giving, you don't allow yourself time to recharge spiritually, physically, emotionally. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to crash too. This is why we see marriages fall apart. People don't just wake up and say, hey, I'm going to go have an affair today. Hey, I'm going to become an alcoholic today. Hey, I'm going to do this. No, it's when we keep giving and keep giving and don't allow ourselves to unplug. We have to be alone with God to hear him. And here's the biggest thing. If you don't hear anything else today, please hear this. If we don't say no occasionally, we can't keep saying yes. If we don't say no occasionally, we can't keep saying yes. Jesus said no. Jesus went off on his own. Hey, everybody's looking for you. That's okay, but I have to have some time too. Paul had to take time and say no. He had to listen to the Holy Spirit. He wanted to go to this place and this place, and the Holy Spirit said, no, you can't do that. People who are needy will constantly want something from us, but sometimes we have to say no to be able to still help them. Sometimes we have to say no to be able to stay healthy. God instituted the Sabbath for a reason. And guys, sometimes we have to turn the cell phone off. Sometimes we have to be unavailable. Sometimes you have to be able to get out. Hey, mom and I are going to go on a date. We're out. If you are missing a body part, call me. Otherwise, you know, handle it. Sometimes you have to tell your boss, hey, I am out today. I can't do this. Sometimes you have to tell your employees, I'm out. I can't answer the phone right now. I have to go unplug. I have to go pour back into my marriage. I have to pour back into my family. Sometimes we're going to take the family and go away. We're not going to answer the phone. You know, it's funny when... Um, Chick-fil-A, Hobby Lobby, some of these different places that aren't open on Sunday. You know what people told them when they closed on Sunday? You're never going to make it. <laughs> you can't be open six days a week and still prosper. Guess what? Hobby Lobby prints money, basically. I mean, they make money hand over fist. Chick-fil-A could have a restaurant every city in the country if they wanted. But they don't. They take time off, and it works. I read a story about a guy that, that owned a factory, and he said, you know, we're going to shut down one day a week. And we're going to do this. We're going to honor the Sabbath. And they said, you can't do it. He said, yep, we're going to. And they realized they had a lot fewer mechanical breakdowns after they closed one day a week. He said, it's almost like God instituted the Sabbath for a reason. <laughs> almost, right? It works. God does it. And guys, it's the same with us. We have to be able to take time to unplug. If we want to be there to help our friends, to help our family, if we want to be healthy, we have to take time to unplug. And we have to get to the point where we realize that self-care is not selfish. Self-care is not selfish. It's the best. 
And it's funny, do you ever listen to the little spiel they give on the airplanes? I know most of us just completely check out. We're already watching a show or something. But what do they say when the little oxygen masks drop? What do they tell you to do? Put yours on first before you try to help somebody else, right? Because we have to be able to help others. The air packs that we wear on the fire department is so cheesy. You see these guys in the movies, you know, they go in there and they take their mask off and give it to somebody else. You're going to die. You can't breathe smoke too, right? So you know what we have? This thing called a buddy port. You plug theirs into it and you can have two run off the same one, same regulator. It's amazing. You have to take care of yourself first before you can drag somebody else out. Sometimes you're just like, just go. <laughs> Let me die. But you can't do that. You have to have these things. You have to help others. You'll bring a whole other pack in to give the other person. We have these kits where we take a whole other pack and give it to the person so that we can breathe, they can breathe, right? Same thing, guys. You have got to be able to take care of yourself first. Now, always being in self-care mode is selfish. You have to give out. But if you're constantly giving, guys, you have to take time to take care of yourself before you take care of others. Jesus did this. Paul did this. He instituted a Sabbath in the Bible. You have to have these things. One of my favorite shows is Home Improvement. It's an old 90s sitcom. It's actually on Hulu. You can watch the whole thing. There was one episode where Tim's wife drove this old, this sweet Chevy Nomad, incredible car. Well, he went out to the garage one day, and he came back in. He said, Jill, how long has the oil light been on? And she said, oil light? What is that? He said, it's, it's a little red light. looks like an oil can. She's like, oh, that. A couple days. <laughs> he said, what? He said, yeah, but the car's running fine. He said, no, the car was running fine. <laughs> and she said, well, I thought if it was a big deal, it would have a buzzer or get brighter or something. She didn't recognize the symptoms, and then the motor locked up, and he had to rebuild it. It's kind of this whole deal. He said, you know, cars have to have oil to survive. Well, guys, same thing. We start realizing in ourselves warning signs that we're running on empty. If we don't take time to recharge and plug back in to say no occasionally, what's going to happen? We're going to crash. Spiritually, we're going to crash. Emotionally, we're going to crash. Our marriage is going to crash. Our family is going to crash. We won't be there to help them because we're going to be in the same boat they're in. We have to unplug and pour into ourselves. Now, again, we have to give out. You have to help others. We have to take time to pour back into ourselves. And lastly, we have to trust God fully. Guys, we have to realize that we're not the answer to people's problems. You are not the answer. I am not the answer. Jesus is the answer to their problems. We're a vessel that he uses, but we can't take that on ourselves. It's dangerous to think that we're the Messiah. And you know what happens when we start trying to play God in people's lives? We become codependent. We think we're the answer. We need to be needed, and we need them to want us. And what happens? It becomes unhealthy. The healthy thing is saying, I'm not the answer. I'm going to be used. I will allow myself to be used, but Jesus is the one you have to go to. I can't be your Messiah. You have to go to him. And we have to trust God to take care of them. You know, and some people just have to be needed, you know. They call them codependent. I have to be needed. I have to be in there to help somebody. Point them to Jesus and move on. Point them to Jesus and help them get to that point to where they're healthy and they don't need you anymore. That's the goal, right? If you're a parent, your goal is not to have your kids living in your basement until they're 30, right? You want to launch them as what? Healthy adults who have families of their own. And then we go move in their basement someday, right? I'm kidding. No, my daughter's like, nope, you're out. No, we say, I saw that. 
But no, what we want to do is launch them out. And guys, what we would do with people that we disciple, people that we help, we want them to get healthy so they can do what? Do the same thing for someone else. We want those people that keep coming to us, we want to help them and give them what they need so they become healthy and they can help someone else. That's discipleship. That's helping them grow into responsible adults. And guys, there's a principle of sowing and reaping at work. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So like we said, guys, there are natural consequences to actions. And, some, and God gives grace. God forgives. But sometimes we have to experience those things. And that's how we what? Learn. Right? We learn. If I make a bad decision over and over and over again, and I have to suffer those consequences, guess what? I stop making bad decisions. Because <laughs> it hurts. And I don't want to hurt anymore. Right? And so the same thing happens. Sometimes we have to trust God enough to allow him to teach people what they need to learn. We have to trust God enough to let him teach people what they need to learn. I have to trust God with my friend and say, you know what? I'm going to let you suffer some consequences here. I love you, but I'm going to let this happen so that you learn. What happens if you're teaching someone to drive and they keep driving way over the speed limit? They keep telling you, better, oh, there's a cop. You better slow down. What did we do one time? Let them get pulled over. That citation is a really good teacher, right? You may have to pay 100 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and your insurance is going up. That's a lesson, right? Those things teach us. They help us learn. But what happens if we keep helping them out, keep bailing them out? Every time, they're not going to learn. They're not going to learn. We have to trust God and allow him to do that. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells a story that we call the prodigal son. And it's this kid that wanted to take his inheritance and go off and squander it. Did the dad chase him down? No. What did he do? He allowed him to learn. The kid went and squandered all of his money. He ended up having to feed, cat or feed pigs, which is a horrible thing for a Jewish person. He said he was so hungry, he wanted to eat the slop that the pigs were eating. And he came to his senses and went home. And his dad welcomed him back, but he didn't go bail him out, did he? He allowed him to suffer the consequences and to learn from that. And guys, sometimes one of the hardest things we'll ever do is allow someone to suffer consequences, but we have to trust God is going to teach them through those things. So am I saying don't help? Absolutely not. I'm saying help the best way we can. Help them. Give them the long-term help that they need. Does that mean bailing them out? Yeah, sometimes. But that means we allow them to suffer consequences sometimes too. Let them sleep through their alarm for the 10th time and... Be late to class. Allow them at some point to have to bounce a check and go talk to the bank. That's not fun, is it? But you learn. I remember Dave Ramsey, the big Dave Ramsey. He's the guy that does all these classes. His daughter tells a story in one of their books where she bounced a check when she was 15 years old. You know what her dad did? He was a millionaire. He could have totally bailed her out. He didn't. He made her walk down to the bank, sit in the bank president's office, and apologize for lying. Because she said she had money in her account. She didn't. She said that's the only check she's ever bounced in her entire life. Because she said it was humiliating. She's like, here's my dad, the financial coach of all coaches, who could own the bank if he wanted, sitting there with me making me apologize to the bank president. But it was consequences, right? 
So I'm going to ask the worship team if they would come up this morning. One of our, uh, Pastor Kenny's dad, Randy Schwartz, had this saying that he always used to say. He says, if you can't learn, you have to feel. Many of us have heard that. If you can't learn, you have to feel. Sometimes consequences are the best way for us to learn. Other times it's short-term help helps us learn. Sometimes you don't have to bail somebody out once. That's awesome. So I'm going to ask you to stand this morning if you would. I know, guys, if you're a visitor, I'm sorry. This is a tough message. We don't usually all like this. <laughs> it's like, I'm never going back to that church. They're rough. But, guys, sometimes we have to have tough love with people, and that's hard. But it's what makes them healthy. Sometimes we've had to have people have tough love on us. Sometimes God has had to have tough love with us to teach us. So we're going to pray this morning, and I'm just going to ask God to speak to us. Maybe some of us are the people in this room who are needy. <laughs> We're the ones who need a little bit of tough love. Maybe we have someone in our lives that we're constantly bailing out, and, and it's time for us to maybe take a step back and say, look, I can't keep doing this. You have to learn. Let me help you. Sometimes there are people that we may just have to step back from a little bit and say, you know, I love you, but we can't continue the way we're going. We have to figure something out. So, Lord, right now, I just pray that all across this room, you'd help us today. Lord, I know there's some of us in who probably are that needy person. And God, would you help us to learn from the consequences we've been experiencing and to make better decisions, to make wise decisions that honor you with our lives. Lord, some of us in this room right now have a person in our lives who are incredibly needy. And we bail them out and we're not letting them learn and we're not helping them grow through that. We're just constantly bailing out because maybe it's easier, maybe it feels good. But Lord, help us to give those people what they need, not necessarily what they want. And Lord, there may be some of us here today who are in an unhealthy relationship, and we need your help to intervene. Lord, would you help us in those and have wisdom in those relationships? So I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes this morning and just take a moment and shut yourself in with the Lord. If you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor Rex, I've never had a relationship with Jesus like we talked about earlier during communion. I've never asked him to forgive my sins, but I want to do that. I want to start a real relationship with him today. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up right where you're at? We want to pray with you right where you are this morning. All right. We're going to pray this prayer. I'm going to ask everyone to pray this together with me. This is not some magical thing. This is just you talking to Jesus. We're going to pray this together. And if you pray this prayer, would you come catch me or one of the that are up here on the platform after church? We have a, a book we want to give you. Everybody pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for coming to this earth and dying in my place so I could be forgiven. And I admit that I've sinned. Please forgive me. Please come into my life. Make me new. Forgive my sins. And help me to live for you every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you pray that prayer, that's the start of a relationship with Christ. It'll last your entire life. The Bible says that we're made new, we're forgiven, and now it's up to us to walk that out with Him and to live for Him every day. And we have a book we want to give you if you pray that prayer with us. If you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor X, I need, I need to take time to refill and unplug 
feel like I'm running on empty. I just need God to fill me up. If that's you, would just raise your hand. We want to pray with you this morning, yeah. If you're here today and say, you know, I'm in one of those needy relationships. I just need God's wisdom on how to help this person the very best that I can. If that's you, would just raise your hand. We want to pray with you as well, yeah. I'm going to pray, and the worship team is going to lead us in a song. But if you have a need or you want prayer for one of these, if you would just come down to the front, someone will meet you here and pray with you. But Lord, right now, I just pray that you give us wisdom as we deal with these. Lord, I pray for those who need to be refilled and recharged. They need to take time to unplug. Lord, would you fill them? Would you pour your life and strength into them today? Lord, would you help them? Lord, I pray for those who are in a relationship with someone who is very needy. Lord, would you give them wisdom on how to, how to move forward with that and how to be the best help they can be to help that person become healthy. God, I pray you'd help us to navigate these relationships in a way that honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.